Holy Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name for your goodness and love bestowed upon all of us. Father, we are thankful for your mercy and your kindness. Blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. Take our lives, O Lord, and let it be consecrated to thee. Sanctify our tongues, sanctify our minds, sanctify our whole being, Lord, that we may live for you today. Grant us of your Holy Spirit and cause us to walk in your statutes. May the words of our devotion now be a blessing to all who would listen. Put your words in our mouth, O Lord, that we may speak love, blessings to all, and that we all may be lifted up to have that character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our High Calling, September 5 Fragrance in Our Life Work And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Matthew chapter 6 verse 28 and 29 The great master artist calls our attention to the soulless flowers of the field, pointing out the beautiful tints and the wonderful variety of shades one flower may possess. Thus, God has revealed his skill and care. Thus, he would show the great love he has for every human being. The Lord our Creator expends as much care, wisdom and time upon the tiny flower as upon the great things he creates. In the tiniest flowers are seen a beauty and perfection that no human art can copy. The delicate tracery of the tinted rose, as well as the stars in the heavens, shows the penciling of the great master artist. Choice flowers reveal the advantage of culture. They teach us that it is our privilege to improve. God desires us to bring fragrance into our life work. We are to be the plants of the Lord, serving Him in whatever way He wills. Let us do all in our power to beautify our characters. Tender care must be given to the delicate plants. The useless offshoots must be taken away. The bruised parts must be carefully bound up. So those who are weak in the faith must have fostering care. We are to bind to our stronger purposes the weaklings in the Lord's garden, giving them support. From the endless variety of plants and flowers, we may learn an important lesson. All blossoms are not the same in form or color. Some possess healing virtues. Some are always fragrant. 
there are professing Christians who think it's their duty to make every other Christian like themselves. This is man's plan, not the plan of God. In the church of God, there is room for characters as varied as are the flowers in the garden. In his spiritual garden, there are many varieties of flowers. The Lord cares for the flowers. He gives them beauty and fragrance. Will he not much more give us the fragrance of a cheerful disposition? Amen. The title of our devotion is Fragrance in Our Life Work. Our text is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 and 29, which says, And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. For the past five days, our devotion has been looking at lessons, lessons from nature. Nature is God's lessons, lesson book to all of us. In beholding nature, there are so many lessons to learn and we've been looking at them. Yesterday, we looked at lessons from the mountains and today we are honing in on the flowers to look at the lessons that we can learn from the flowers. A key text already tells us one lesson that Jesus points out to us. We have talked about this before, but let us just hone in on it. Jesus says to you who are listening, consider the lilies, how they grow. So we are going to look at the lilies as generally flowers, plants. How do they grow is the question. He talks about what they do not do. One thing we are sure of is they don't hustle, they don't toil. Neither do they spin. Those two words, toiling and spinning. He is trying to let us know that you don't see them focusing on themselves, on how they should get this and get that for their growth. See, they neither toil nor spin. That's how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. And then he says, Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these flowers. And if we go on in reading that Matthew chapter 6 from 28 downward, the lesson Jesus was trying to make us understand is faith and trust in God. God is saying, if you look at the flowers who, which are of less value than we who have a soul made in the image of God, which one do you think Jesus will take care of the most? The Father or our Father in heaven. He looks at these flowers, how they are, and takes care of them. How much more we who are of more value than flowers? Do you mistrust God? Jesus wants to build in us trust. Some of us, when we hear have faith in God, it's actually in our minds, have doubt in God. We have so much doubt in God. We don't trust him to take care of us. But Jesus is trying to make us consider the flowers so that our faith in God will increase. If God so clothed these flowers, which today are and tomorrow they are gone, Jesus is asking you the question, Shall ye not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Many of us 
because we want to toil and spin we don't trust god we feel that we are the ones to toil and spin and take care of ourselves that we'll walk and walk and go against god's law and say if i don't do this how will i feed Jesus says, take no thought. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, or where without shall you be clothed? Your father knows that you have need of these things. So, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what Jesus is saying to us is, it is not by toiling and spinning, which is going against the law of God, or neglecting the service of God that you are sustained. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, go in line with my law come into the service of the lord i will take care of you that's what he's saying god is calling many of us to service but we are telling him i need to toil and spin because if i don't toil and spin i wouldn't have clothes to wear i won't have food to eat and uh, drink to take for myself but jesus is saying look at the flowers with the excuse you are giving me you say oh you had to sin you had to break the law because if you didn't tell lie in your job you wouldn't have gotten or retained the job. If you didn't do this or that thing which you know is wrong, you wouldn't have gotten the money to take care of yourself. You didn't need to do that is what Jesus is telling you. Why? Look at the flowers. They are not toiling like you, spinning like you. What is the spinning? Twisting here and there, hustling, lying, stealing, corruption, or the toiling neglecting the service of god because you are saying oh i need to make ends meet when you are called to come for evangelisms or give time to bible study and seek first the kingdom of god in general and you say oh i don't have time for that i need to toil and you are told keep the commandments of god you say no i need to spin i need to spin because if i keep the commandments i will not get what i want jesus says look at the flowers they are not hustling and toiling like you neither are they spinning but they are more beautiful beautifully clothed than you they are more nourished than yourself it is not by toiling and spinning that we are sustained seek first the kingdom of god and trust god will he leave you for dead he will not he who takes care of the flowers will sustain you do you need clothes he will supply do you need food he will feed do you need water he will give you to drink trust in god not have doubt in god but trust in him when we look at the flowers we are to be inspired with that trust furthermore of course he talked about the birds but our focus today is on the flowers so looking at the flowers considering the flowers let it instill in you trust and faith in god that it is not by your toiling or spinning that you are sustained don't get me wrong the bible says six days shall thou labor and do all your work we are to work but the toiling and spinning being referred to here is the one that is done to the neglect of seeking first the kingdom of god and its righteousness and his righteousness that's what he refers to there do not go to the extent of your toiling and spinning and then you neglect to seek first not second first the kingdom of god seeking first the kingdom of god simply refers to having your priority set as doing the will of god and the service of god there are two separate things here one in the will is fashioning your life according to the commandments of god according to the life of our lord and savior jesus christ 
that you do not spin, which is to go away from keeping God's commandments. Then the next one is service, which has to do not necessarily with the keeping of the commandments, but rather in active service for the Lord, entering into the course of God, using your resources, your time, your energy to do the work of God in evangelisms and leading other people to Christ. That is your the two things that is involved in seeking first the kingdom of God. That should be your first priority. Now, when people have this as their first priority, they wonder, oh, they say, then how will I feed? How will I this? How will I that? God knows your need. Look at the flowers. They are more clothed than Solomon in all his glory. The Lord who clothes the flowers will clothe you. The Lord who takes care of the flowers and feeds them will feed you. And I can give you my own personal experience. About 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, when I first got to know what the Lord would have me do and the, the lifestyle he wants me to live, I considered these same things and I wondered, if I follow these precepts of the Lord, there are many things that will be denied me. There are many area places I won't be able to walk, but that was a secondary matter. The most important to me was the service of the Lord. I could see the need around me. People needed to hear the truth. They don't know it. The things I was hearing, I knew that many people didn't know it. And to just keep quiet and not tell people about it, that was not what was in my mind. I knew I had to do something. But then a few thoughts came to the mind at the time, like, how are you going to take care of yourself? My mom will always tell me that. How are you going to take care of me? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And for me, it was this this passage and this, this whole Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God that I exercised my faith on. I said to myself, the Lord who takes care of the flowers will take care of my mother. The Lord who takes care of the birds will take care of me. I cannot use my mother as an excuse or my own needs as an excuse. When Jesus has told me, I will take care of your needs, don't give me that excuse. Many of us are giving God the excuse of our needs as the reason why we are neglecting his service or the reason why we are sinning against him because I have this need and that need. So I have to tell a lie. I have to be corrupt. I have to steal. I have to enter into some kind of relationship with people that I know it is not that is not right because I want to take care of myself. Many of us are giving that excuse. As for me, when I was faced with that, I said I will trust in the Lord and I know he will take care of my mother. He will take care of me and every other need. I will not use these things as excuses. There's this passage in the book of, I think it's Luke 14, where Jesus told a, a parable of a man who made a feast and said, go and call everybody and tell them that the feast is ready, the, the supper is ready. And the servant went to one, that one said, "Ah, I just bought a land, I need to go and try it. And he went to another and that one said, Ah, I just got an oxen and I need to try it. And then another one gave a very flimsy excuse. He said, I just got married. I cannot come. That is Luke 14, reading from verse 16 downward. And uh, like I said in verse 20, it says, And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. What are these three categories of people doing? They are toiling and spinning and they are giving their toiling and spinning as an excuse for not attending the marriage feast that the man had done. In verse 10, verse 16 rather, it had said, Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidding, Come, 
for all things are now ready. He says, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Hmm. These people are toiling and spinning and they are using their toiling and spinning as an excuse for not attending that feast that supper the lord is calling some of us today and telling us come i want to feed you come and that supper is talking about seeking first the kingdom of god of course coming into the service of the lord whether it is by fashioning our characters into his or being instruments ambassadors of christ on this earth as people who would teach others the way of the lord and all of them were giving excuses of toiling and spinning but today the lord is telling us look at the flowers this is your excuse of your job your excuse of your family your excuse of the land you just bought they don't hold water i will take care of you if you are afraid you of little faith come i will take care of you the way i take care of the flowers they are beautiful more beautiful than many of us if solomon in all his glory was not as beautiful as they are and they were fed the lord will feed you the Lord will take care of all your needs. Don't doubt him. The Bible does not say have doubt in God. It says have faith in God. Don't mistrust him. How can he leave you for dead after he has called you? It is a sinful mistrust, in fact. He has given a lot of evidences for us not to mistrust him that in that manner. The Lord has shown us so many evidences. It's not by your strength and your toiling that you are taking care of yourself. So if you have that call, especially the one of coming out of sin that call is for everybody don't give god the excuse that you have to keep working on sabbath that you have to keep maintaining that lie or you have to keep being corrupt or you have to do this sin or the other just because you need to make ends meet you don't need to give god that excuse because it is not true he can take care of you and you need to put yourself under his care you don't need to spin and when it comes to toiling, even that one, you have to do it subordinate to the service of God. It shouldn't be an excuse for you not to serve God. Toil, walk as God says six days, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, so that's one lesson we learn from the flowers. And I pray that this will all this will instill all of us with that faith that God wants us to have in him, so that we can do service for him without fear trusting him to take care of us and as i was saying this is my own experience the lord has always taken care of me because exercising faith in his word you have to allow him to train you to lead you because to me it's a privilege it's something that i think i need he's training us taking us through experiences like the flowers sometimes the rain falls on the flowers but what happens the flowers don't have problem with it troubles come our way sometimes and we know that these troubles are necessary why because without it we will not grow when the rain comes it hits the flowers and hits them here and there and it's a troublesome experience but what happens they know that without the without the rain what happens they will not grow and the sun shines on them really hard 
they are exposed to it every time as hot as it is they bear it why because it is through that sunlight that they grow so we also when we are in the service of god we are not to expect that everything must just be a bed of roses there will be times of trouble the sun will shine the rain will fall but understand just from the flowers also that as they endure these things it is a stepping stone to their growth so when troubles come your way when trials come understand that those trials are stepping stones to your growth without them you will not grow you see it's something that we all need to have in mind and learn i pray that god will give us the grace to learn that we'll talk also of the other parts of the lesson which has to do with the varieties of the flowers and how to culture ourselves you see there's no flower that we see today that just grows wildly and will look good you see the plants we have people who take care of them there has to be some sharing here and they're cutting off some offshoots so also it is with our characters one thing that we know about flowers is that they have fragrance and they look beautiful they don't look beautiful by chance there's someone who always prunes them if you just plant a flower and leave it to grow by itself it will grow wildly it will not look beautiful it will just look like every other bush so to make them look beautiful there needs to be some culturing there needs to be some cultivation so it is with us in our characters we don't develop beautiful characters fragrant characters by chance there must be intentional cultivation there must be a work done cutting of the offshoots that is the part of our lives our characters that are unpleasant needs to be cut off are you harshing your disposition cut it off is the tone of your voice not pleasant enough work on it do you have something that you do that you see that this is a disagreeable trait of character in yourself that makes you repulsive to people and even to god not necessarily to people then those things need to be cut off and then what do you lack in yourself you need to pour some water on yourself and some sunlight to produce the right nutrients that you bring forth the right fragrance and grow so what does that mean study of the word of god to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance godliness and pain and uh, brotherly kindness and charity these are the things you need the fragrance you need to add to yourself just like the flowers are pruned and the offshoots cut we also need to cut off from ourselves dispositions habits characters that make our lives not to be fragrant and then there's still the part of taking care of the weak parts of the flowers they are weak ones and you need to treat them with tender care so also people who are weak in faith need to bind with people that are strong and the fact is that for we, we just have to understand that truly there are those who are weak in faith the bible talks about some who are weak in faith and those who are strong in faith we are not to be harsh and be hard on those who are weak tenderly just like the flowers are treated tenderly so that you don't break it so that you don't spoil it those who are weak in faith need to be treated with tenderness and care and lead them on especially by those who are strong don't be impatient with them don't be irritated with their slow movement you have to lead them on gently so that you don't kill the flower that's a lesson we learn from the flowers if you don't treat it gently you can spoil it so also with those who are weak in faith if you don't treat them with care and gentility you may just destroy that which has begun 
in them. May God give us grace to really learn these lessons, the object lessons from nature, and especially not just getting the lessons, but impressing on our hearts our need and how to grow in grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. From the endless variety of plants and flowers, we may learn an important lesson. All blossoms are not the same in form or color. Some possess healing virtues, some are always fragrant. There are professing Christians who think it is their duty to make every other Christian like themselves. This is not this is man's plan, not God's plan. In the church of God, there is room for characters as varied as are the flowers in a garden. In his spiritual garden, there are many varieties of flowers. A high calling 254 paragraph 5. So God is revealing to us that there are different characters in the house of God and they all have their position. These characters are offshoots of the character of Christ. One may be more sympathetic and the other more courageous. All are from Christ. Some may be very administrative or know how to organize more. Some may be more like followers. They can assist more to get a work done. All these are attributes of God. And it's important we know that we understand what people are made of or what God is, what process God is leading them through. In the case of Moses, we understood who Moses was. He was a leader. He was trained to be a leader by God. Moses did not have um, the same experience, life experiences as Aaron. Moses was trained 40 years taking care of sheep. He had an experience in Egypt too. Aaron did not have a similar experience. So the experience and training that Moses had qualified him for the position God wanted him to be in. And you could understand the moment Moses went into the mountain, how Aaron played with the expectations of God. He could not fit in so well. What God raised him up to be was like an assistant. It didn't mean he couldn't. It's just that he couldn't do the work of Moses. But he was not prepared for that work. And he had to struggle more to meet that expectation. In the book, Evangelism, page 72, paragraph 3, we see a similar example of how God understands the fact that we have different characters or fragrances in, our, in the church. Evangelism 72, paragraph 3 reads, God's plan for the work today. When Jesus sent his disciples forth to labor, they did not feel as some do now that they would rather walk alone than have anyone with them who did not labor just as they labored. Our Savior understood what wants to associate together. He did not connect with the mild beloved John, one of the same temperament, but he connected with him the ardent impulsive Peter. 
these two men were not alike either in their disposition or in their manner of labor. Peter was prompt and zealous in action, bold and uncompromising, and would often wound. John was ever calm and considerate of others' feelings and would come after to bind up and encourage. Thus, the defects in one were partially covered by the virtues in the other. This is allowing for more than one's man's method. Evangelism, page 72, paragraph 3. You could see the differences in the blossom, like we read from our devotion. Peter was prompt, zealous in action, bold, uncompromising, and ardent impulsive he could wound john on the other side was mild sympathizing considerate of others feelings so beautiful jesus had this knowledge and we need to as his disciples also have this knowledge of people when we work with them when we interact with them to know what disposition are they of so that we can better use the resources that god has in his house to further his gospel do you know your disposition? Do you know your weaknesses? A high calling 254 paragraph she says, The Lord cares for the flowers. He gives them beauty and fragrance. That's another point. He will not much more give us the... Okay. Will he not much more give us the fragrance of a cheerful disposition? So God is in the business of refining us, giving us a cheerful disposition through the lessons we learn and the experiences he puts us through. Just before I read the process of pruning that God puts us through, I just mentioned John the disciple, the beloved as to be mild and thoughtful of other people's um, feelings and sympathizing and always healing or binding where Paul and Peter have wounded by his ardent spirit or impetuous mindset. But did you know in the book, Steps to Christ, page 72 to 73, that something about John was written. He was not naturally calm in mind. Did you know that? I read. It says, even John, the beloved disciple, the one who most fully reflected the likeness of the savior did not naturally possess that loveliness of character he was not only self-assertive and ambitious for honor but impetuous and resentful under injuries that's very sensitive but as the character of the divine one was manifested to him he saw his own deficiency and was humbled by the knowledge the strength and patience, the power and tenderness, the majesty and meekness that he beheld in the daily life of the Son of God filled his soul with admiration and love. Day by day, his heart was drawn out toward Christ until he lost sight of self in love for his master. His resentful, ambitious, temper was yielded to the molding power of Christ. The regenerating influence of the Holy Spirit renewed his heart. 
the power of the love of Christ wrought a transformation of character. This is the sure result of union with Jesus. When Christ abides in the heart, the whole nature is transformed. Christ's spirit, his love, softens the heart, subdues the soul, and raises the thoughts and desires towards God and heaven. End of quote. So we see the, the, the nature, the character that John had before he met Christ. He was also impetuous and also resentful, ambitious for power. He had a quick temper, resentful under injuries. He did not naturally possess this loveliness now that God has wrought in him. So, Jesus is in the business of pruning us and making us to be of beautiful characters if we allow him. The question again is, will you allow him? Will I allow him? And how is he going to do this? Now we have seen the different dispositions. We have seen the fact that there can be a change, a transformation in our life. The question now is, how is he going to make our characters beautiful? If you notice what I read before now, it said that as John heard the words of God, the words of Christ, as he saw the character of Christ and compared it with himself, he found out that he was not up to standard. Reading the same place, reference steps to Christ, page 72 to 73 says, It was thus that the early disciples gained their likeness to the dear Savior. When those disciples heard the words of Jesus, they felt their need of him. They sought, they found, they followed him. They were with him in the house, at the table, in the closet, in the field. They were with him as pupils with a teacher, daily receiving from his lips lessons of holy truth. They looked to him as servants to their master to learn their duty. Those disciples were men subject to like passions as we are. James 5 verse 17 They had the same battle with sin to fight. They needed the same grace in order to live a holy life. So there was a battle. There was a comparison between themselves and the words of Christ. So they literally exposed their life at every point of time to the word of God. Do you study the word of God with the intention of knowing Christ? That's one thing that can help us as we keep our eyes, keep beholding Christ. We would see objectionable traits of character in us. And as we compare it, we would have a low estimate of ourselves. We will have a, 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 we'll see the need to come up higher. Looking at the standard, we will be changed. We will be sensitive to know, is this the way Christ wants me to behave? Whenever we are brought in a similar situation, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard. will bring up the Word of God applying to those situations to help us to make a better decision. The Word of God transforms. Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. John 17 verse 17 Do you want to be like Jesus? Spend time in his word. Feed on it. What more? How can God do this work of making us beautiful? Can he not? He can. 
the bible says that he prunes the trees the trees that would bear fruit so that by pruning they can bear much fruit john chapter 15 verse 2 every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit another version says that and every branch which has fruit he makes clean so that it may have more fruit he prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit what does it mean to prune to remove excess material from a tree or a shrub to trim especially to make more healthy or productive to cut down or to shorten make those things that are unnecessary so that the tree can bear more fruit I, i'm told those people who plant tree crops like mangoes after the some years maybe the 50 or so or thereabouts that they it's possible that the trees will begin to flower and want to bear fruit and the tendency is to allow the mango tree to just bear fruit but farmers what they do is they don't allow it then they trim the areas they trim the plants just to make sure that it will stretch forth it will increase in its uh, effort to become wider and bigger the more you prune it the better it becomes and the ability the more ability it has to bear more fruit so our dealing with god it's a dealing or he has a plan to make sure that we are more fruitful he has our interest at heart and how does he do it by pruning what does this pruning mean testimonies volume 5 page 311 paragraph 2 man has been placed in a world of sorrow care and perplexity he is placed here to be tested and proved as were adam and eve that he may develop a right character and bring harmony out of discord and confusion there is much for us to do that is essential to our own happiness and that of others and there is much for us to enjoy through christ we are brought into connection with god his mercies place us under continual obligation that's testimonies volume 3 volume 5 page 311 paragraph 2 test and trial sorrow and care and perplexity help us to develop a a harmonious character a high calling 215 paragraph 3 test and trial will come to every soul that loves god the lord does not work a miracle to prevent this ordeal of trial to shield his people from the temptations of the enemy characters are to be developed that will decide the fitness of the human family for the heavenly home characters that will stand through the pressure of unfavorable circumstances in private and public life that will under the severest temptations through the grace of god grow brave and true be firm as a rock to principle and more value of more value than the golden wage of a fire 
God will endorse with his own superscription as his elect those who possess such characters. What do we need here? We need bravery. We need courage. We need firmness. We need honesty. And we have to be placed in unfavorable circumstances. It just happens. That's the way we grow. That's the way we improve. There has to be situations that will require patience and courage for us to come up. Do you know it's an act of mercy for God to put us through this training? Yes, because most times when people are looking for people, those who they will employ, they are not looking for generally people who they would like to invest in and train as much as possible. They just want people who are already made. But in our own case, God was willing to pick us up from the dust, from our hopelessness. If you understand how undeserving we have been and how all, how we have corrupted and messed up our lives, to see somebody who will even take us, and not just anybody, the creator of the universe, pick us up, brush us, put us under school and training. My brothers and my sisters, it's a privilege to have someone who has such wonderful care. He's not embarrassing you. He's not making you look like less than nothing. He's not putting your sins on the skyline and say, look at this young boy. I've been helping him since. He keeps everything secret and walks quietly with us to bring out the best. It's a privilege to have someone who is interested in making the best out of you. We don't get that often in the world. In the book, and testimonies volume 7 page 264 paragraph 3 says it may be that much work needs to be done in your character building that you are a rough stone which must be squared and polished before it can fill a place in god's temple you need not be surprised if with hammer and chisel god cuts away the sharp corners of your character until you are prepared to fill the place he has for you no human being can accomplish this work only by god can it be done and be assured that he will not strike one useless blow his every blow is struck in love for your eternal happiness he knows your infirmities and works to restore not to destroy end of quote that's testimonies volume 7 page 264 paragraph 3 god works for your happiness he knows your infirmities he works to restore it's amazing it's a beautiful thing to know that god knows where he has for you like he had for moses he had the duty for moses and he had to train him for 40 years that was what his training required do you trust the hand of your father do you trust the heart of your the one who has given himself for you that he will prune you he'll make you you beautiful some of us are very irritating or easily irritated and sensitive to wrongs and things people do to us but you can't be a leader if god wants you to be a leader you can't feel in a public sphere you can't even manage a family you can't have children if that's your temperament what would god do before that time comes he'll put you and i in a situation where we will have to shed off this excess weight that was the nature of john the beloved remember he was sensitive under wrong easily offended but god christ pruned him 
he became amiable you could see in the book of 1 john 2 john and 3 john and even in the revelation he talks of love more often remember this was a john who was asking jesus should we call thunder to come down from heaven and strike down the man who refuses access through the people who refuses access through their community that was the same john now that is now beloved God has a good plan for us. And this reading tells us that he will not strike a useless blow. I love this Bible passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. What does it say? There had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So God is not going to strike a useless, unnecessary blow. He will allow situation he knows you and I can bear that we may be fortified, made beautiful, able to walk with the angels and with God in eternity. I pray that as we walk with God, his beauty, his character, shall be seen in us through all the processes he'll put us through amen let us pray our father and our god thank you for being interested in us thank you for having a plan to make us fragrant and to remove the unnecessary parts of our lives i pray you help us to submit to every school and every training dear lord we also have people whom we are working with young old friends and family help us the same way you have been patient with us to be patient with them and to assist anyone who is on our path that you have brought us to assist help us not to be unmindful of how much you have led us through help us to be patient to be tender to be bold courageous and exemplify these characters which you have been showing us as we meet with people bless our going out and our coming in today and for the week also we pray in jesus name amen Soon the sun